wanted the experience of being of, of that nanny life because it was so much easier to expose them to things. And, you know, when I think of play, there's all play is kind of a layered subject. There's um, there's hands on learning. So that doesn't have to look like standard centers in a classroom. That's part of it. That can be part of it. But also just having that experience of like we're talking about fire trucks. Let's go to a fire station. This interview touched me in so many ways because our stories align very much. I can remember coming or trying to become a teacher. I actually did not have the opportunity to go to school and fully become a teacher, but I was in the classroom as a helper. Then I wanted to (laughs) start my own daycare business. It was so many things I wanted to do along the educational lines. And this young lady I have coming up for you, oh my goodness, she started off being a nanny and she's done various jobs um she'll share that with you in a moment what really resonated with me was the fact that when she started her nanny business she walked into the lives of the people she was working for and serving it changed her life forever Hey, you guys, thank you for coming back to the podcast. It is Sharice Antoinette, your host of My Beautiful Book Boss. Let me tell you guys, I'm super excited. I think I'm always excited when we have these conversations. Yes. So first, if you are new, hello, I would like to welcome you. Yay. Give yourself a hand clap. I'm so glad you clicked on this podcast and you are ready to dive in. I want to make sure you are in the right place. So first, My Beautiful Book Balls, the movement, the brand, and the podcast is all about just empowering, informing, and equipping other beautiful women. I love to serve my black women. I love to serve my other stay-at-home moms. I also love to serve business women who have their own businesses so not just working in corporate but girl you got it going on doing your own business I want to encourage you to continue down that path of success because in my interview coming up you're going to see just exactly how it unfolded in her life you can touch so many lives when you are in alignment right So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Okay, so I have a beautiful lady here. And let me tell you, she is gorgeous. (laughs) I've already told her. But she is just simply amazing. I saw her on Instagram and I instantly fell in love with her, what she's doing, the community that she is just creating So, Ashley, can you come on and introduce yourself? Of course. Thank you so much. My name is Ashley, or Miss Ashley, as the children like to call me, early childhood enthusiast and play advocate. I'm in the Atlanta area. Um, I am a mom to a three-year-old. That's probably the toughest job that I have right now. Um, And I also own a homeschooling collective called Playpen African, and we've branched out to do some other things. Right now, I am working on a show called Nguzo Babies, which debuted in 
December, and we are working on our third, fourth, fifth, and sixth episode <laughs> this month. Um, and it's about uh, seven treehouse pals that are learning together and growing together through the eyes of the, the principles of Kwanzaa. So very much based on the um, program that I have. We do the same exact thing with the children there. And so I wanted something to share with everybody, um, every Black child that can really build on what we're doing at Playpen African. Wow, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Some really, really great things you just mentioned. And I just want to ask you, well, what exactly do you do when people meet you and you say play pan African? What does that mean? So I actually was, I've been a teacher, a family helper, a nanny, um, children's museum educator for the last, for over 20 years. And so I started off with a company called Play Enthusiasm that I made. And it was basically just encouraging families and um, families with young children that children learn best through play. And so it got to a point where I was doing a mix of like mommy and me or parenting me classes, music classes. I was doing art classes with young children and I was also still kind of nannying. But then once I had my son, I wanted to shift my focus, especially to um, focus on black children. Um, because I think having a young black boy in this country, there's a, it's, it's a different element of child rearing that you have to go to when you're um, raising young black children. And so I wanted to take everything that I had already known and loved about what I did, but then focus on black families. And so when I moved to Atlanta, it was kind of gifted to me, these families that were coming into my play groups or mommy and me classes. Whereas before I had, it was main, it was usually white families that I had seen. And so now that I had come here, it was, it was just different for me. Um, so that was nice. And so when I created Playpen African, it started off as a kind of a small nursery program where parents could have a few hours to themselves that so they can just do drop off. But parents were starting to ask for more hours, longer hours. And um, so it just evolved into a homeschooling collective. So now in the program itself, we have three standard teachers there. And then we have the children, but we also have vendors that come in and they'll do different classes with them. So imagine these three to six year olds doing horseback riding there. Um, we just started a woodworking class. We've done sewing, we've done, um, what else? We've done a mix of things. Just people who are in the community that are willing to come and do things with us. They, they just started their capoeira class back, um, drumming. At one point we had harp. So we want to expose young children, young black children to a plethora of um, areas taught by black talented geniuses. So expose them to things that they might not see in your regular preschool program. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, I'm a teacher. <laughs> like I'm ready to move down there right now. Like, oh, I love that. I it's do. amazing I because I have the same passion and ideas, but my story is different because I have four children. So mm -hmm. my homes, I homeschool and it's full. It's me and them, right? But mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do is build myself up so I can do what you're doing. And it may be not look necessarily like that but I think the awareness is necessary so can you tell us 
why is it so necessary that we expose our kids? Because sometimes we just, you know, go to school and then that's it. You know, read a book um, like, and I mean a textbook, which is not even the same as, you know what I mean? Like a beautiful book that gets the kids interested in learning and opens mm-hmm. their eyes and minds. Can you just kind of, Absolutely. yeah, share so- your- I'm sorry. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Share your experience with us. So the thing is, and I, I did an ebook that kind of outlined this. Um, so my ebook talked about my experiences working for white families. And this was before I was pregnant. And so I got to see, I, I've worked, I, I was born and raised in Boston, then I moved to LA, and then I moved to Atlanta. Um, but between the three of them, I was always a nanny. And most of the families with the exception of maybe one or two, I had, I worked with white families. And so I was kind of seeing a different side of it because I had also been a daycare teacher, also been in a kindergarten classroom, also been in like a regular preschool classroom. So I have all these different mixes of things. And one thing that was important to me when I um, realized I was having my son was that I wanted the experience of being of of that nanny life because it was so much easier to expose them to things and you know when I think of play there's all play is kind of a layered subject there's um there's hands-on learning so that doesn't have to look like you know standard centers in a classroom that's part of it that can be part of it but also just having that experience of like we're talking about fire trucks let's go to a fire station and I love that portion of being able to do that as an end. So when I had my son, I said, this is how I want to do it, just as I was doing it with those children, because he deserves it as well. I think it's important for children to really get certain concepts. Um, the, the way that I explain it the most is if you have, if you draw a picture with just a pencil of an apple, that doesn't really give you the variety of colors that it comes in. That doesn't tell you what it can smell like. That doesn't tell you what it can taste like. So if you can imagine that, um, and giving them an apple so that they can taste it, so they can smell it and feel it, all of those, it's a different understanding of what an apple is. And so that's kind of how I try to approach learning with young children. That's how I invest anyway. So with my son, I wanted to build on that. Um, What does it mean to learn about horses? It's a totally different thing when you get to be, you know, in close proximity. So everything that I can think of engage his interest or even the class's interest, I bring that in. So even with the students, you know, we have a room that's just dedicated to blocks and building and little like manipulatives and stuff. And so I thought it was important for them to understand why do we build? So when I brought in the woodworking person who is awesome, by the way, we just started this class. That's why I keep talking about it because he's amazing. Um, But when I brought that in, they can make those connections that they're not just there. I don't want to say not just building because they're open-ended places as well. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's still very important. But on top of that, you can do this for a living. You you know, people, you can do this as a grown-up and it still be fun and exciting and cool. So that was really important for me. Um, and exposing, you know, children to different things, especially with people who are experts in the area, that gives children the exposure to be like, hey, I like that. I might want to do that when I grow up or I want to do that more now. And so a lot of times when we have classrooms or when we're not thinking outside of the box or even asking for help from the community to kind of bring new lessons in you, it it doesn't mean that they're not going to have a great education, but it's nice to expose children to things that might, that might show them what their gifts are. I think that's a really important thing. We talk about that a lot. We, um, 
with the principles that we do for Kwanzaa, we have them coincide with the days of the week. So Friday is always for Nia, which means purpose. So usually that's how we do show and tell. Right now they're still in the stage where they're showing their toys, but it's evolving into something where you can tell a story. You can share something that you're really good at. It's not just, I'm bringing a toy and this is important to me. Those are important too, but building on that. So children can say, they can stand on their own and say, this is what I love doing. This is who I am. Um, we also did at the beginning of the year, um, we talked about self. We evolved through four quarters. So the first one is self. Then we talk about family. Then we talk about community. Then we talk about connections. Um, and in self, we had a naming ceremony. So we focused on the children and said, what do you love doing? And we gave them a name based on that. And so the parents came out and we had a formal ceremony where we gave them their new names. And so that really empowers children to say, this is what I love doing. So combined with that, really focusing on who the child is and bringing in more stuff that supports that, that, that can take their brilliance to a whole other level. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree <laughs> and I relate because mm -hmm. as a homeschool mom, first of all, I didn't know anything about homeschooling, okay? Let's be clear about that. It's different. <laughs> but... I didn't either. I didn't either. It was so new. Like, growing up, homeschooling was for rich white families, excuse me. I don't want to offend mm -hmm. anybody, but it was. Or no. in my community, <laughs> it was not a good thing. Like you got pregnant or right. you were bad, kicked out. And so right. decision to homeschool, I didn't know what was coming out of my mouth, but I knew I needed to do it because my child, she wasn't able to go to her right grade, in my opinion, because right. um, mm -hmm. the birthday is late, you know, in different states. And so right. I said, no, I'm not going to hold her back. Let me just homeschool. And mm -hmm. from that decision, like God led me every step of the way because I met a community of homeschooling moms and I was the mm -hmm. only black family. Of course, that didn't care to me. But I saw, like you said, you saw the difference. Absolutely. And it was just like something that they knew that I didn't know. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how come we don't right. know. But, <laughs> but I think something, yeah, I think you get to know your children a little bit more. I don't want to say better because I think every circumstance is different. And I think there are ways to supplement what you need to, but you get to know your children in a unique way than other parents do. And yeah. again, every everyone's situation is different. And I think there are ways to supplement because most of the parents in my program, they're working parents. So those children are still getting that experience, but they still get to. Um, when you're at home with your children, you get to experience your children in a different way. And I, I think it's irreplaceable the way that yeah. you get to. And I think that's the main point. I never want people to just say homeschooling, but it's really a spirit. It's a difference. You're engaging in your child. And that's what I'm concerned about. I'm not so concerned about where they're getting the learning from if your values are lining up like like what Ashley is doing absolutely put them in the program but when they get home you're still the parent right absolutely we just need absolutely and it's a and team I, effort yeah and I was gonna say when you talked about the gifts and the purpose and then evolving the learning and growing it with them and their character. Oh my gosh, come on. That's what we want to do as parents mm -hmm. anyways, right? Right, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of times parents don't feel like they know where to start. And even for our program, 
you know, people will ask what kinds of curriculums do you use? And we borrow from the curriculum that I wrote, but even mine is still super play-based. So it has like suggestions for things that you can do, but you can always build on it. And that's one kind of curriculum. But for the most part, you just have to look at your child and they're showing you, you know, the more you play with them, the more you engage with them, you can find out those things and it'll just kind of come to you. You'll, and you'll start to see it more because you're focused on it. Like my son is obsessed with wolves right now outdoors, camping, all that stuff. And the more I, you know, focus in on that and make connections, there's all, there's all, it's, it opens up a whole other level of understanding of them and yourself as well. Um, when you just pay attention to them, it doesn't have to be super duper complicated. We certainly don't have it that way in our program either. So. Yeah. And I was also going to say, don't underestimate books because like you mentioned the wolves, I'm sure you read about them. I know you do. <laughs> and you just take mm -hmm. it from there and I also yeah. want to mention like including all the subjects so y'all can count wolves y'all can you know learn the science behind maybe the sounds right I'm sure that's how you yeah. teach like you we, look at right. everything yeah and he he's actually really into drawing too all of a sudden so I got him a plethora of like different wolves coloring books which I didn't even know was a thing but it is um but then we also have a wildlife teacher who comes in too and so no we don't actually go see wolves but um he's willing to, we did a segment on footprints like animal prints so identifying those uh, we go on hikes a lot so he gets to do pretend play wolves are a little bit much I don't want to be in the space of a real wolf but yeah. <laughs> I will do my best to make it a reality as much as possible for him because I know he loves that so yeah combined with books and then studying it there's you know youtube clips that you can supplement with all of that um even sound games um like you said we do um we'll play audios of different animals and they'll have to guess and they'll be like really off the wall animals that you wouldn't normally think about but that right there is a super duper like huge learning experience for children yeah. too and it's mm -hmm. so enriching because most of us we don't we don't even know those answers. And I'm sure the kids are popping out the right answers left and right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's amazing mm -hmm. to hear yeah. their thoughts yeah. and what they actually pick up on. But Absolutely. I think it, it comes from, like you said, they're interested. They're engaged. Like they're picking it up because it's so fun. It's right in line with who they are. And you get to allow them to be seen. Absolutely. That, yes, be seen. Yes, that's exactly what it is. They want to be seen. And I think to a lot of parents, um, if, you know, there are things that parents want to challenge with them, even in the more quote unquote academic area. Um, I think the missing link is if you don't show your child or your student that you're interested with them in, in what they're doing on a consistent basis, I think they're going to be more resistant to any new, um, any new learning lines or objectives that you might want to introduce to them um, or things that might be a challenge. So if you are consistent with just, again, playing with them and showing your interest, that builds, that opens up a whole new world of where they're like, okay, well, I want to try this new thing with you because I trust you and I know that you're really invested in me. So I think that's really important too when you are, especially if you're new to homeschooling or new to educating, just really showing that you're invested in each child that comes in front of you and building that trust with them that that definitely changes the game. 
Yeah. And I, that's so beautiful. And I love how you said that trust, that trust, um, because I'm so guilty. I have my hand up. Y'all can't see it, but I'm so guilty when it comes to overparenting or being a little harsh and pushing, mm-hmm. but that trust and then seeing them, hearing them. Usually my kids, when I chill out, they are flourishing. Like that's yeah. the most intimate time that they can express. And it's almost like instantly they all of a sudden know how to do the math or right. whatever we're working on. <laughs> right. No, it's true. It's true. And you know, I do want to speak to that too, because even, you know, when you step into the role of a director of a program and I'm going to add to it when it's a program that's specifically for Black children. There's a whole other list of things that we have to be, quote unquote, concerned about. You know, not all of us. We go up to six years old. So once the children leave here, it is on my mind, um, this idea of school readiness, only because um, I never want our children to be pigeonholed. And so that's kind of a fear that I have to grapple with on my own, with myself. Um, just saying, okay, are they going to be ready, ready? And I even have to reassure the parents as well um, to, to say, you know, this is the pace that your child is at and it's okay, it's fine. Um, we can still introduce them to new things and they'll pick it up, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to look a little bit different than what we're used to. And you have to be okay with that. So I think there's a whole other level, a whole other part of parenting that Black parents have to to do when they're teaching their children that maybe our other counterparts don't. So I think we do have to, you know, give us some grace on that end um, because there's a lot we have to be concerned about. Yeah, (laughs) we have to consider in that pressure from society, um, you know, some people don't believe that race is real, but I can't change my skin color and it it affects us. It really does. Um, race is very real. The system that we are in, when the United States is very yes, real. Very um, real. <laughs> so even then, and, and I'll say this too, kind of the funnier side of why I structured the program that I did. Like when I was having my son, when I found out I was having a boy, you know, I grew up with, there was, I had three sisters and it was my mom. So it was just always women. When I found out I was having a boy, I was like, I don't even know what to do, but I know he needs to come out being a warrior, um, a ninja. He needs to know, well, you know, like I had all these things in my head, like just, I wanted to protect him. I wanted him to be great at everything so that it's, it's almost a level of survival that you want to pour into them just so that he's equipped with everything. And I still have that in the back of my mind when I structured the program as well, but it's still, you have to find a careful balance of lifting them and still focusing on their interests, but also preparing them. Um, because at the end of the day, we're, whether or not you think race exists, we're still in the system and race definitely exists in the system. <laughs> so you might not think that, but that's still something we have to think about. Yeah. And, and that's both sides of the corn. If you're white mm-hmm. or another nationality or if you're black because sometimes us being black we try to blend in y'all gonna hurt, y'all gonna get upset when I say that but we do and we forget let our guards down and then it can still happen so I'm gonna move real past <laughs> real quick past that but um mm-hmm. on boys being tough and I have a son and my son mm-hmm. is such the sweetest person 
and we can mm-hmm. beat up our black men oh my gosh y'all gonna get mad at me for saying that but we can we can be too harsh on them and i for constantly sure. am trying to pull back and like no he's still a person like yeah, do you not sure. see that when you have boys and girls that they're still the same like <laughs> it's not really a big difference you know what i mean yeah no we actually so in our program we have 13 boys and then <laughs> no 15 boys and then five girls. so yeah so it, it, yeah there's a lot of um strong personalities in there so um but there's also some that are quieted quieter and even the dynamic between the choices that they make in play is a clear difference so even when I approach them as a teacher, I know how to speak to this child versus this child because it's going to it's gonna look different for them. So I definitely think that it's important to honor who they are as people. And um, that's another reason why, yet again, I expose them to as many areas of expertise as possible. Because if we're doing so much projection of what we think boys should do, then you're going to miss out on some of the gifts that they have. And yeah. so even with baking, we do baking, um, again, sewing, there's a, there's a wide range of things that we, it's based on what are you interested in? And that's the other thing too, for the most part, we don't, um, the classes are just offered. So the children get to choose. We usually like to have them attend at least one or two classes before they decide that they don't want to do it anymore, just so they can experience it. And if they don't like it, they don't like it, then it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think it's important um and even for my son it just so happened like he again he likes wolves so I really did get the ninja but <laughs> that's not the case for all of the boys in the program for sure <laughs> yes my son too oh my mm-hmm. gosh that is is just so beautiful and amazing what you're doing and that thank you like you caught it early you know sometimes we make mistakes and we feel like we can't correct them but uh, mm-hmm. man can you like speak on that like if p- parents are coming to you and they feel like they missed the mark a little bit because of what you're doing and they're like I want that for my child but maybe I wasn't giving it to them early or you know maybe they have an older child and they're like man I messed up on that do you see that well I think well for one thing every situation is different and I'm still learning Um, I have a program, I have staff that support me, um, that remind me of better ways to do things. And so I think we have to get out of this thing of like, it's all on me as a parent. That's why we talk about this concept of the village. And it helps me as a mother, as a teacher, as a program operator in seeing that there are other perspectives on parenting or other, you know, things that I'm not thinking about. And so one, I, I always start with, you're not going to know everything. You're not going to get it right all the time. And if you're still here and your child is still here, there's still an opportunity. It's not over <laughs> once, it, if you feel like you made a mistake, there's plenty of opportunities for you to say, okay, this has been what I've done. This has been our relationship, but let's try something different now. And so at the end of the day, um, even with reading with them, that's still an opportunity to promote discussions or language. And so all of that comes down to communication and connecting. So if you have an opportunity to connect with your child, 
then there's always going to be an opportunity to get it quote unquote right. And even right will still, it might look different than what you thought it was going to be. Um, just find a way to connect is what I say. Connect with yourself as well too. If you can own up to the fact that, you know, maybe what I was doing was kind of a disservice to them, but now I'm stepping into a space where I do want to connect with my child in a different way. And I want to um, make them feel empowered. So I think that starts with conversations. It starts with hugs. It starts with um, spending quality time together. So if you can do that, then you can fix things. Wow. <laughs> Speechless, but it's so true. Like, that's the main thing that I've learned about homeschooling is that compassion and that connection piece. Um, mm-hmm. Again, when we just kind of not learn them or even learn ourselves, because you mentioned that as well, a whole lot of things, the link is missing because you yeah. are the missing link. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then Absolutely. the child in their character, that's the missing link. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need that much to start. You don't. Can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need that much to start. You really don't. We think that we do, but we don't. We don't. You just, you use what you have because Mm -hmm. the more that stuff was taken from us, the more creative we got. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the same thing with children. You know, in our space, we have five different classrooms that the children are allowed to move around. So the first room is called the like, quote unquote, work room. Um, It's mostly books and, um, you know, like writing stuff. Next room is the block room. Then we have like the home living room area. And then the next one is like a quiet reading room area. And then the back room is kind of the art room. We've got a mud room too. But ultimately the best play that we have is when we're outdoors. And so that's another element that we have in our program that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of. And I encourage, especially black families to start to get out into the woods more because I think connecting with nature, um, it's in our DNA. Um, It's part of our, you know, our, traditional spirituality, connecting with um, nature, all natural elements. And so that in and of itself is, that is the answer that I just gave. Like, it doesn't have to be this, doesn't have to be a ton of toys. It doesn't have to be a lot of fluff. Like it can be as basic as being outdoor in, outdoors in nature. And you can build on that. There's so many things that we've done. Um, we spend most of the day outside. We do have a yard, a large yard, but um, we're in the process of getting a van so that we can actually go to state parks and go on real hikes. We used to do that last year at our old location, but we had, um, it was super close to us. So it was a little bit different. Um, and so now we're getting back to that because I, I think that's just so important um, for families to start doing with their children. Yeah. I mean, I agree because you also mentioned that you worked in the museum. And when you think about it, a lot of museum is just natural elements or, you know, that nature part. And that we mm-hmm. nature has so much to offer. Everything mm-hmm. can be found right there. <laughs> For sure. Even from the eyes of like an educator or a facilitator, there's science, there's math, there's mm-hmm. reading, there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things. We, at our last spot, um, one of the children had picked up some, what I thought was grass and was kind of eating it. And 
this was like, I still love the outdoors, but I wasn't too keen on like just tasting stuff. And we were just kind of like, what are you eating? And he was like, it's onions. And so we looked closer at it and it was like the little sprouted onions. Yeah. And they were, it was a whole field of onions. And I had no idea until he picked it up and we smelled it and like a whole field of onions <laughs> were there that we had been playing with. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's crazy how much you can um, learn and explore. And that becomes a unit. Listening to the birds, the different, you know, the different sounds that the birds make. It, it, it's insane, like, how much you can do out there. Um, I wish, I really do wish that our families went outside and hiked a lot more because it, it opens, it centers you. It's a different kind of play for children. There's risky play. There's focus play. I, I, I do wish that more of our families were outdoors. Yeah. And that intelligent piece, like you just mentioned the birds. And I was talking to my um, children this morning. I said, how come? I'm sorry, my kids are being loud. That's fine. <laughs> I, said, I said, how come we can't go outside and look up at the sky and know that it's going to rain? And the birds know, you know, uh, or a severe storm is happening and mm -hmm. we're the last ones to know we're depending on right that it's about to be storming i just right that that bothers me because if the internet is gone our life is gone that scares me well that's why i mean that's another element again to our program too why we really do try and bring in cultural perspectives so we have a swahili teacher that comes in she's from kenya so last week she did a campfire um, in the backyard and started, she started a fire and then we made tea. So those traditions are there. Um, it's again, it's in our DNA. Those practices are there. We just have to step back in tune with that. And so that's why it's called Play Pan-African to really center ourselves and say, we're here in the United States, but our roots are in Africa. There's so much that we can learn. So yes, if the internet did go away, on surface level, we wouldn't necessarily be able to be connected. But if we connect with our roots, they've been, the internet didn't always exist. So they had ways of knowing, you know what I mean? So if we can jump into that spirituality and get back to our borrowed from some of the traditions and cultures, I bet you we'd have a lot of the answers we think we wouldn't have. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> because um, I, I just love everything you said. Like, even when it comes down to plants, and knowing how to garden, like just the bare basics. I really feel that we have robbed ourselves um, from being able to survive on our own. And I know a lot right. of people, they, they don't look at it that way, but I don't feel comfortable not, not knowing because if my money ran out, I can't go to the store. What do I do? Absolutely. You know, and so, it's the shame. And that's, that's another component too. Like when we talk about innovative teaching, um, there's a balance to it where we do have to prepare our children for a world of artificial intelligence, which is more futuristic. But at the same time, we do have to get back to our natural spaces to where we can be more self-sufficient. And so that was one of the biggest things that we talked about with the parents in our program is how can we balance the two? So how can we teach them skills that are super duper important? How can they navigate the forest and decide which plants are edible and which ones aren't? Um, how do we irrigate water? All of those things, those are old practices that we still need to know, even though we're moving into a space where 
jobs are going to be different. Money's going to look different. You still need to know those things, even though we're trying to get away from it. You still need to know those things because our, the, what we eat in our health is still important. So if we don't, if we just abandon our old traditions and practices, we're going to be at a loss. So it's, it really is a different level of thinking and a different level of intelligence that we have to equip our children with. And we have to get on the right page for yeah, I totally agree. Um, we need to get, to get on the right page. And I, I just feel so sad when um, I'm trying to teach my kids and I know I don't know, but I want them to know. It doesn't make me feel good. And it just pushes me to be like, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I am. I'm learning with them. But that's, but that's why you bring in other people. Yes. That's exactly why you do it. I can't do everything in this program. Trust me, I've learned the hard way. I cannot do everything in this program. One person cannot do everything, but that's the whole concept of a village. But there are plenty of farmers in the area. There are farmers that are parents in the program. So they come and do it. And then I learn with them. It's 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 it has to be a collective effort. That's the other thing. We are such we are so focused on individualism that we miss out on opportunities to grow and become better and support our families because we're not looking at the people around us. So anybody within reach who can teach the children, I ask to come in. I don't know how to do half the stuff that they are learning, but because I said this child is really showing interest in this or I've said we haven't done this before. Let's bring it in. I can't do it but I'll find somebody who will. And that is a learning experience for me. So that makes it more enjoyable for me as an educator too. So I can build on that. Um, it's not the job of one person to know everything. It's always gonna be collective effort. So even when you're teaching your children, that's why you need supplemental resources. Like if you don't have anybody specific, you can look it up on YouTube. Thank God for technology in that way because you can look it up and then figure it out as you go along. Go to the grocery store, you know, ask questions. It's a learning process for you um, as well. That was so good because you just freed me. You just freed yeah. me. Like, yeah, you don't have to know everything. Yeah, <laughs> revamping my entire um, my entire school because I've always had a certain idea that I wanted mm -hmm. but financially I mean it just wasn't looking good over here it's been that right. way for years but what you just said look it up on YouTube like I've done it but I don't think I, I stayed committed I just felt like man I really want to be able to go to the museum I really want somebody to come in mm -hmm. and not having not being able to do that, I just felt like it was a lost cause. But it's not. Well, you know what? You're telling me it's not. No. Right. Well, that was the other thing, too. I forgot to say that. So when I, one of the things as a nanny, I realized um, is a lot of the children got to go to these extracurricular classes. I, you know, I was by myself when I had my son primarily. Um, so I couldn't afford those classes either, which that's another reason why I started. I said, well, if I get a group of parents that are willing to bring their children and they pay this amount, I can now have, you know, experts come in. And by experts, it can be a college student who's studying this. That, that's their expertise. Um, experts can look all sorts of ways, but they can come in and then teach the children. And my I still get to learn it. The children still get to learn it. So really the innovation, again, that you're trying to instill in your children, you have to have it on the teaching end too, so that you can think of ways, your, your child's still gonna get it. 
you might not have come through, you know, with the traditional white picket fence, money like that, but you can still offer that to your child. It just has to, you have to be creative with how you do it. Um, trust me, even now there are things that I don't always get to do, but my son has been so much because there's just a certain level of creativity that you have to have um, when it comes to um, when it comes to curating a program and curating the experiences that you want for your child. And so there's lots of ways to get it done. It doesn't have to come from you doing this long list of studying and then you be the one. You can find other ways to piece it together. Because like I said, for my program, um, I didn't have the resources to do it just with my son. So part of the reason that I added more children was so that we could collectively come together and pay for class so all of our children can be part of it. That is just amazing. Like I see our community more and more opening up businesses. It's a wonderful thing. And then the second piece, like you said, just learning how to work together. We really mm -hmm. have to just learn how sure. to, yeah, put aside the pride, but say, hey, I got this, you got that. Let's do something, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, you have... <laughs> The internet is so funny, um, Zoom is, but I just, I love what you're doing, and I think both of us have the same values and the same passion. Uh, man, that last thing you said, just create it, just figure out how to create it, it's really pushing me to have, or to start, I already have the idea, but just to yeah, start. Just start. Yeah, just, just start. start. Just start, bring in other people. Um, because that, that's something else I think we get feared, like opening up a business, charging is myths around money, you know, but no, it's nothing mm -hmm. charging. You pay for everything else. Why not invest in yourself? Why not right. have other people invest in you too? Did you feel any, um, like setbacks when it came to the business or you just felt like this is a fair charge and it's value in it? No, I definitely had to learn more about it. I think my problem was that I always undercharged. And, you know, being in Atlanta, it's a little bit different. Um, I, my beginnings were super duper humble. My, my mom probably wouldn't have been able to do this program. Um, and so I carried that with me um, in terms of how I price things. And unfortunately, it affected me in terms of my home life with what I could pay for. So it's definitely been a learning process. This is our second official year of Playpen African. I've done like little things before that was a build up to this. Um, but even now we're revamping it in terms of like, this is, this makes more sense um, to charge. This is even with staffing now, you know, figuring that sort of thing. So there's, there's a lot of different components that you have to think about when you're running it. And it's okay if you change it. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I said it uh, at the beginning of the year for how it's going to be, but for next year, there are going to be a few changes that will be made. And at the end of the day, you'll get the people that are supposed to come to you. If it's um, a program that's valuable in terms of you put your heart and soul into it the way that I do, um, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. You know, you'll get the right people to come to you in terms of a business sense. But 
you know, from a more spiritual perspective, whatever you decide to do in terms of educating your children or um, building your family, if you stay in alignment and you put in the work and the effort and you come from a space of authenticity, whatever you want will come to you. Um, what, and whatever you need will come to you, I should say. Um, because sometimes you think that whatever you want is what you're supposed to be getting. Sometimes there's whole other thing that's way better, which is what I had to realize. I had to learn that a lot last year. Um, me thinking that I wanted this was the answer. And then in reality, something way better was for me. And that's what I needed. So yeah, just stay in alignment and stay focused. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I mean, I have been really focused on my prayer because every day is changing. Mm -hmm. Like my mm -hmm. start, my start is changing. Mm -hmm. I know what I want to do. I know who I am. I know the gifts and talents, but it's that start. Like, because I'm such a unique individual um, with the four mm -hmm. kids already, you know, and then I have a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other things going on. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I'm just going to open up some consultations or some type of program to help mm -hmm. encourage other women. Like, I don't know yet, but something is about And it's to okay if it changes. Yeah. It's not, it's, a, it's the same thing with play. Like we don't expect the children to get it right when they first start playing with something. Play evolves and the lessons evolve. And so it's the same thing with what you're doing. As long as you stay in alignment with yourself, it's going to look different. And then eventually you'll get it because I had no idea I would have a full program. I wasn't even sure if I wanted a full program when I started because I had done the teaching thing for so long that I was like, I just want to be home with my baby mm -hmm. and then expose him to stuff. But then it evolved. And even now I'm there for so much during the week. And I was like, I don't want that next year. So now I need to make sure that I delegate, put better systems in place and, you know, find people who, who love doing that. And I have to make sure that they don't get burned out because they bring their children there as well. So I say that to you, like, it's okay if you don't know, and it's okay if it doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like in a few months, just start. <sighs> look, you are really an answered prayer. I am telling you. <laughs> I'm glad I can help because, you know, I, I was kind of in this I don't want to say by myself when I first started, because there were definitely people, but I, you know, I'm a thinker. I overthink things and I, you know, I overanalyze. And so I wish someone who was in the same position, even though there were a couple of people, but I didn't reach out as much. Um, and so this is honestly what I would tell myself if I, you know, looking back. So I hope it, it you can take what I'm saying yeah. and, you know, give yourself some grace. Thank you, because that's really, I'm good at telling other people, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we all are sometimes, but it's like me, I kind of get locked up and oh, just like, girl, you should have been had this together. But no, you're, you're so right. I'm just right. starting. Give myself some grace. Just start it. Okay, I'm going to start it like today. <laughs> yeah, do it. Whatever, and you can have whatever you want. I think that's the great thing about 2022 that I... I took a look at, you know, for, it was a great year for me. Um, but because so many systems had kind of fallen apart, um, so many rules that we thought were just like stuck. Yeah. They dissolved. We thought we had to be at work at time, like for the whole nine to five. And then we're realizing, no, half of these meetings don't have to happen. A lot of this can be done from home. Everything changed. And so for yeah. me, I said, you know what? 
that just means that everything I thought I knew or I thought was like stuck in stone or whatever, it doesn't have to be that way. So use that opportunity to create the life that you want, especially now. No one's going to you know, I, I said this all last year, but I think it applies to this year too. Like no one's going to get on you for a failed business in 2020 because look what was happening. No one's going to get on you for a failed business or not even failed, but like messing up or making a mistake in 2021 because everything is uncertain right now. So now is the time to step into whatever, try it, doesn't work, make some alterations and then just keep moving. Come no on. No one's going to judge you for it. Look, that's Except it. Except you. Yeah. Okay. Except for me. <laughs> I hope y'all heard that. Yeah. That was the time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Ashley. You have really poured into this episode. I am going to let you go because we can talk for hours and you've done such a tremendous job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I have. (laughs) Let me tell you, I want to give you a quick recap because Ashley was on fire. If you are in the Georgia area, you definitely need to check her out. So we talked about gifts, purpose, alignment, and evolving. As children, it's just, it's still mind-blowing to me that sometimes in our culture, we can overlook our kids right or kids in general but Ashley is really pouring into the children's lives and I know it's going to serve them for the rest of their life we talked about learning your child in a deeper way learning through play is not just doing play but it's exposing them to those life skills that you want them to have so they can be prepared for greater encouraging your child focusing on their interests enriching your child and submerging them into a world that's really going to serve them give them the tools necessary to make wise decisions if they want to be a dancer boom they can be a dancer because they know that's their calling that's their purpose but they also have the training to go behind it and that can go to any field doctor lawyer scientist it doesn't matter We also talked about the longing to be seen as a child. That really touched me, you guys, because I can remember sometimes adults being mean and not really taking the time to communicate to me as I'm a human being, but I'm something different because I'm a child. And the list goes on what we talked about. And the last thing I want to say is one of the last things Ashley actually said is to give yourself grace when teaching your child you're learning to so give yourself that grace and that time to learn and to make mistakes and then to do what works to toss out what doesn't so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode make sure you guys share it especially if you loved it do not keep the love to yourself we want to receive and we want to give and keep that cycle going don't forget to follow me that's right you can find ashley on instagram as well everything is going to be in the show notes you can follow me on instagram at sharice antoinette and also if you're on my facebook it's at my beautiful book boss and yes i do have a youtube if you want to check that out i'll see you guys in my next video stay beautiful be wise and be all that god created you to be Peace, blessings, and bye.
Oh, hey. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Great. No, keep going. It's still recording. Yeah. Sorry. No, um, it's my yeah, it's, no, me. Was, it's my end. Go ahead. No, you good. No, I was just saying I think you um play African dot. I'm sorry. African. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to look. But 